that because what we are doing as a family of faith called Mission Liberty Hill is that we are laying out the welcome mat. Now we're laying out the welcome mat to folks in our community, that's for sure. We want to be, what our vision statement says, a welcoming, faith-filled family bringing Christ to our community and world. But we can really only effectively lay out the welcome mat for our community if first we lay out the welcome mat for God. And that's what we've been doing. We've been seeing God move and work among us, making us a church that more and more is pursuing intimacy with God through meaningful worship, through focused prayer, through the study of God's word, through the sharing of our faith, all so that his kingdom might come and his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. All that God might break in with his kingdom into our church, into our lives, into our community in an ever-increasing way. So today, we're beginning a new five-week message series that's going to lead us up to Easter Sunday. The title of this message series is Welcome the King of Glory. He is royal in character. In this series, we are going to focus on God and his character and what this means for our lives. And here is the foundational scripture for this series. You see it on your message notes. Take out your notes from your worship folder and look at Psalm 24, verses 7 to 10. This scripture certainly reflects the journey of Christ to Easter. It's all about welcoming the King of glory. Look at that verse on your notes. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord almighty. He is the King of glory. Welcome the King of glory. So between now and and Easter Sunday, we are going to be learning what it means to welcome God into our lives as we focus on five distinctive character traits of God, the King of Glory. The goal of this series is not information. God knows you have enough of that. The goal of this series is transformation, that the Lord might work changes in our minds, our hearts, our lives, and our communities that reflect his glory and his kingdom. So today we're going to start with the first message in this five-week series. 
And the title of today's message is Welcome the King of Glory. He is royal in his attentiveness toward us because we have a God who wants us to know, he wants you to know that he is an all-knowing God. And that means he is, listen, always attentive to you and your needs. So let's take a moment and we'll pray and ask him to cement this into our hearts as we hear this message today. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you today as the King of glory. We want to invite you to reveal your royal character among us in this new message series so that you, the King of glory, may come into every area of our lives and reign there and that we might welcome you and we might reflect your character to our broken world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, a couple of months ago, I told you about a professor of mine during my days in seminary named Dr. Martin Charlemagne. Dr. Charlemagne was the toughest, most hard-driving professor on the entire seminary campus. A former Air Force general, his very presence commanded attention. He stood about six feet two, weighed about 250 pounds. When he walked into a classroom, the minute his shadow darkened the door, the classroom fell silent. If you encountered Dr. Charlemagne when you were on your way to class in the hallway, there was a big part of your ecclesiastical heart that felt you ought to slam your back against the wall, tuck in your chin and say, good morning, Dr. Charlemagne, sir. <laughs> he was just that kind of guy. But we all respected him and we all loved him. I'll never forget the day he told us in class about something he said that had happened to him the previous weekend. He was in Iowa speaking at a 100th anniversary celebration for a church in a small town in Iowa. Later that evening, he was supposed to speak at Wartburg Seminary in Dubuque, Iowa. So arrangements had been made for him to catch a bus that would take him up to Wartburg, Iowa. Well, after the anniversary celebration and he had preached at that and had finished his responsibility, he made his way down to the local bus station, saw the bus and got on the bus, which was already quite filled with people. So he found a seat, sat down and waited for the driver to arrive. Unbeknownst to Dr. Charlemagne, he was on the wrong bus. At that very moment, he was sitting on a bus that belonged to the local mental health hospital. <laughs> and that bus was filled with patients from that facility. Well, within a minute or two, the driver came on the bus, stood in front of everyone, and proceeded to do a head count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
And then when he got to Martin Charlemagne, he said, and who are you? And Charlemagne said, I'm Dr. Martin Charlemagne, professor of New Testament exegetical theology at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Nine, <laughs> 10, 11, 12. We laugh at this story, but it's easy to feel like old Professor Charlemagne sitting on the bus that day, isn't it? I mean, to feel like we are just one of the crowd. Let's face it, there are seven and a half billion people on this planet, and you are just one of them. Do you really count in a crowd? Are you more than just a number? Does your one and only life really matter that much? It's easy to feel like Martin Charlemagne sitting on the bus that day. But Jesus Christ wants you to get off that bus. He wants you to welcome his royal character into your life because he wants you to know that he is a all-knowing God who is attentive to you and to your every need always and forever. This was one of the most significant messages in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Everywhere he went, Jesus basically said this, and he didn't just say it, he showed it time and time again. So I'd like to ask you to open up your Bibles this morning to a place where Jesus not only said it, but showed it, Mark chapter 10. So turn in your Bibles now to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at a very short story in verses 46 to 52 of Mark chapter 10. This is something that happened to Jesus on his journey to Jerusalem, his journey to his Good Friday crucifixion and his Easter Sunday resurrection. Let's start with verse 46 in Mark 10. Look in your Bible. Verse 46 says this. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with the large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, if anyone was a candidate to still be on the bus, it was this guy right here, Bartimaeus. Many would say he didn't count for much. He was just a blind man and a beggar at that. And sure, here comes God's son, but don't get your hopes up, Bartimaeus. He's surrounded by a large crowd of people. But Bartimaeus is desperate, so he cries out. Next verse, verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd comes down on Bartimaeus like a hammer. The next verse, verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. 
but he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Back on the bus, Bartimaeus. You don't count to God. You don't matter to him. He has more important things to think about. You're just a number. Does this sound familiar to you? You bet it does. The reason it sounds familiar is that you get signals like this all the time. Signals like, please sign in and have a seat. If you can find one in our already crowded waiting room, the doctor will be right with you. <laughs> Signals like, we're sorry, all of our operators are busy at the present time, but please remain on the line and the next available representative will take your call. The estimated wait time is 43 minutes. <laughs> Signals like, congratulations, you have been specially selected to take part in the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. It's easy to start to feel like Bartimaeus, just one of seven and a half billion another number on the bus. But at a moment like that, Jesus Christ breaks in, blows the whistle, and says, time out. Welcome the King of glory. For I, Jesus says, am royal in character. I am your all-knowing God. I am always attentive to your every need. Just read on in your Bible. Look at the next verse, verse 49 to 52. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus received his sight, and with that, he had a whole new view of things. And I want to say to you that when you welcome the King of glory, Jesus Christ, into every area of your life, when you lay out the welcome mat for him, it is time for a new view of things. It is time for you to have, and you can write this on your notes, a new view of God, a new view of God. You see, the life, the ministry, the person, the work of Jesus Christ reminds us that with God, you will never be just another number on a bus. You will never be lost in the crowd. It's as King David said in Psalm 139, verse 17. That is on your notes. Let's read that verse out loud together. 
how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. Now, I don't think God is in the habit of quoting Elvis Presley songs. But if he was, he could say to you, you were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Now, wait a minute, you say. Are you telling me that there are seven and a half billion people on this planet and God is thinking about all of us all at the same time? Yes, that is exactly what I am saying. You might be interested to know that scientists tell us that there are crystals in rock formations that continually vibrate at over seven and a half billion movements per second. Now think about it. If God could make something that makes seven and a half billion movements a second, is it any problem for him to think one thought every second about you and every other person on this planet? For him, it's a cinch. He does it all the time. He is your all-knowing, all-attentive God. And the greatest evidence of this is not just Bartimaeus. The greatest evidence of this is the cross of Jesus Christ, where he laid down his life for you so that you could be a forgiven child of God and you could be part of his forever family. It's the empty tomb where he conquered death so he could be your living Savior, alive now, thinking of you, attentive to your every need, and always working on your behalf. It's time for a new view of God, our all-knowing, all-attentive God. And when you welcome the King of glory, it's time not only for a new view of God, it's time for a new view of yourself. You are always on his mind. You know, often the crowd will put you down and say, you're not important. You're insignificant. Your needs are trivial. Just get in line with everybody else. But the life, the death, the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, says, don't you believe a word of that. You were custom designed by God. You were custom made by God. He treasures you. He's thinking about you constantly. He's always working on your behalf. He is attentive to your every need, thinking about your needs. Your needs matter to him. Why? Because you matter to him. You are never forgotten, never alone, never unloved. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and yet one of them will not fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. 
and even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And when you lay out that welcome mat for Jesus Christ, the King of glory, it's time not only for a new view of God and a new view of yourself, it's time for a new view of your destiny. I want you to think for a moment about Bartimaeus. He was changed from a person who was just sitting alongside the road day in and day out to a person who was going places for God in his daily life. His eyes were open. He saw his destiny, and he pursued that destiny with passion and with purpose. And when you know the royal attentiveness of Jesus Christ toward you, you too will see that it is your divine destiny to do three things. Write these on your notes. Number one, for you to come to Jesus, for you to come to Jesus. Look at verse 50 again in your Bible. Verse 50 says this about Bartimaeus, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. When you realize by the power of the Holy Spirit working through God's word that at his cross and in his cross, Jesus laid out the welcome mat for you. When you come to realize that, then you take seriously his promise when he says, all who come to me, I will never turn them away. And you come to him and trust in him alone as your personal savior. This is your divine destiny to come to Jesus, and not only to come to Jesus, it is your divine destiny to call out to Jesus, to call out to Jesus. Verse 51 in your Bible says this, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. You see, it is your destiny as one called by Christ cleansed by Christ, made a child of God through faith in Christ. It is your destiny to cry out to God, to call out to him, to be a man or woman of prayer. Every day, the voice of your Savior echoes from the throne, down the hallways of heaven, and into the chambers of your heart, saying, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Here's the point. Jesus likes to be asked. That's why the scripture says, you have not because you ask not. Not always, but frequently, Jesus waits to be asked before he acts. This is why it is your divine destiny for you to be a praying Christian. And this is why it is the divine destiny of Mission Liberty Hill Lutheran Church to be a praying church. 
And when you see and you come to know the royal attentiveness of Jesus and you welcome that attentiveness by faith into your life, then you see this new view of God, this new view of yourself. And you come to see that you're called to come to Jesus. It's your destiny. You're called to call out to Jesus. It's your destiny. And here's the third part of your destiny. It is your divine destiny as you come to Christ and call out to Christ to commit yourself fully to Jesus Christ. I am not talking about a half-hearted show up in church on Sunday morning and then live any way you want to live the rest of the week. I am talking about a wholehearted life of living, trusting, following Jesus. That's what Bartimaeus did. Look at what the last verse in the story said. Remember verse 52? Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So won't you say to Jesus Christ with full intention of heart and soul, Jesus, whatever you ask me to do or give, I'll do it. I'll give it. Wherever you ask me to go or serve, I'll go and serve there. And won't we say together as a church, Jesus, where you call us to go or serve, what you ask us to do or give, we will follow you. Do you remember what the crowd said to Bartimaeus when Bartimaeus heard Jesus break into his life? Remember what they said? Cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. And that's what I would say to you today. Cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. You will never be just a number to him. This is our God who gets us off the bus. This is our God who gives us a new view of our God, a new view of ourselves, a new view of our divine destiny. This is the God for whom we lay out the welcome mat. Welcome the King of glory. He is royal in character, all-knowing and always, always attentive. So on your feet, please. <laughs> and let's respond to him in prayer. Shall we pray? Lord, help each one of us to remember that every day is the day to get off the bus and go forward with you in a new view of you, a new view of ourselves and our destiny. Right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit moving in our hearts, by faith, we resolve to be people and a church who come to Jesus cry out and call out to Jesus and commit ourselves fully to Jesus Christ. May this be our prayer today. Those words we said aloud just a few moments ago, how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly, 
I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. And if that's your prayer, would you please say aloud, amen, amen. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father, and the abiding friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. Amen. Let's sing our closing song. <laughs>